Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, guys? We've got a little uh, bonus episode this week. We're gonna we're gonna record episode one ten point five, brought to you by Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting, and Works Wheels and Mods. But I had a bunch of uh, guests kind of stacked up, and I thought I would try to throw a couple extra in there. Um, got two or three tonight. That hopefully will release this Friday. Um, but anyway, we got uh, Larry Hughes out of Houston. He's, he worked with Alta, and he's got some other stuff going on. Uh, now that Alta's out of business, he want to talk about. And uh, Dave Kimmy with Engine Ice is going to come on here in just a few minutes and talk to us about Engine Ice and his support of some of the teams. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Ch- you know, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, support us on Patreon anywhere you guys can. Then just uh, yeah, keep downloading the show. And tell your friends about it. All right, we'll be right back. On the line with me is the owner of Engine Ice, Dave Kimmy. What's up, Dave? Hey, how you doing? Doing really good. It's cold. It's cold here in Florida. Dude, it's cold here in Texas too. That's in the. It's been in the mid thirties all day, and that's yeah. For us, that's cold. Yeah, it's like sixty here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's not. I wish it was sixty here. Well, man. Um, so at A one, I met Scott, your one of your um, your reps, and uh, we talked about. Well, actually, actually, I don't mean uh, uh, Scott's actually our chief operating officer. Oh, okay, okay. That's what Scott is. He's not a. We don't actually have any rep, but Scott is our chief operating officer. He's pretty much uh, the guy who's running the show. I'm the guy in the background. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, we talked a little bit, and man, I, I, you know, I've, I've actually, honestly, had never used the product until recently. And uh, after talking to him, and I want to get you on the phone and have you talk a little bit about it. You know, tell us how how this came to be. How did Engine Ice originate? Well, we've been around uh, almost twenty years now. Yeah. We started in the year two thousand. Um, the way it kind of came about, and as I usually tell most people, it's kind of a comedy of errors. Um, I was just familiar with the Vanifree's product, which is protein glycol, which is biodegradable and non-toxic, and um, just started messing with it and formulations with some friends and wound up coming up with something that actually worked better. I have no idea why exactly, but it does, and that's kind of how it started, and I've done many different jobs in my life, and it's almost like every job I ever did taught me something towards doing this. Okay. Well, I mean, but what what made you want to do this? It was just again comedy errors, right place at the right time. Some things just fall into your lap. You realize you've done something right, and you just take the ball and you run. It's not that I ever set out to oh, I'm going to make you know the best antifreeze or anything like that. Yeah. We just I just stumbled across something. I knew it was good. I had people telling me <laughs> that it's really good. And so I just decided, again, take the ball and run. Basically started the company on credit cards. Wow. So, and, and um, tell us why Engine Ice is better. Like, I, I don't know if you can give us any technical reasons, but what does it do better? And what, you know, why is it better for your, the machinery? Well, there's a lot of different reasons what makes Engine Ice better. I mean, there, it depends on your point of view. What a lot of people like is that Engine Ice is, as I mentioned, made with propylene glycol which is biodegradable and non-toxic. So it won't harm the environment. It won't harm your pets or uh, farm animals or uh, even uh, woodland creatures or anything <laughs> like that. Some people like that. Yeah. At the same time, you know, some people really don't care about that. They just want to know, is it going to work better for me? And the, 
reality is, yes, for most people, they realize that engine ice runs anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees cooler than their standard antifreeze that they're using now. And there's many different reasons why, but one of them is basically how we blend engine ice. There's nothing in engine ice that is often magic or magic ingredients or special this, that, or the other, like some people claim. It's just the only thing that's really different with engine ice is our blending process. Okay. It's the process and how we make it. There is no magic ingredient for crazy claims. It's just how we do it. The way I explain that to people is if Coca-Cola and Pepsi have the exact same ingredients, why they taste different. Same thing with a pizza. Is Domino's and Papa John's the same? Tech- if not, why? Right. They have the same ingredients. They have the same ingredients. There's really no little difference other than how they make it. Okay. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I, um, you know, honestly, I never really thought about it before. You know, and this, after meeting Scott, though, he got me kind of fired up on the product. Well, that's kind of funny that you say that because that's exactly how it was when we started. People never thought about their coolant. We started right when the four strokes started coming out, the dirt bike. The four stroke dirt bike started coming out and they were incredibly hot. They ran wildly hot back sure. then. And this is when they were carbureted before, you know, nowadays they're fuel injectors. They were carbureted back then. They ran incredibly hot. So much so that, you know, your throttle response and the power would fall off halfway through a moto and you're unable to jump that triple jump that you were just jumping four laps before. That's kind of what got me started in doing this with that problem. And nobody thought about coolant. It was just one of those things you never thought. They went down to the local auto parts store, bought the junk off the shelf, put it in there, and they're two-stroke, and that was it. Never thought about it. When we came out, people were having this problem. And with our product, we were helping to resolve this problem. And they started thinking about it. Oh, i got to do something about my coolant. This stuff's not working. What am I going to do? And we came out just at the right time. Yeah, that's that's really that's awesome. I mean, it's like just pretty much any other really amazing business story. I mean, like you say, right place, right time. But the but it's not just yeah. that the product does work. I mean, it's it's an exceptional product. Well, thank you. I mean, again, as I say to people all the time, we've been around for nineteen years, almost twenty years now. Yeah. We've got to be doing something, right? <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know? Well, it's been on the one seller in the industry, you know, so I've got to do it something right. 100% agree. Um, well, tell us, you're involved with a number of te- uh, teams, the Rocky Mountain KTM team, who got their first win this year with a 451 with Blake Baggett, uh, TPJ, Traders, HEP, I believe you're still involved with. Um, how, how does that work out? How do you um, present something to these teams and make them want to use your product? Or is it just because they know your product is that good? Yeah, that's kind of, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but that's kind of how it is. They come to us. We really don't go to them. Um, whether it's road racing, DTV, motocross, it doesn't seem to matter. You know, we're constantly, every day, there's some race team or some group or series or something that likes our product and wants to use it. And, you know, and we try to help out everyone we can help out. Uh, you know, can't help everyone. Sure. But when it comes to product with a lot of these race teams, we can do product. And some of them, you know, they want cash, and that's fine. But more importantly, they want our product because our product works. Look, if you're a top-level pro, you want to make sure that when you're, you know, in the middle of that uh, 20-minute Supercross race, you don't want your power to drop off three-quarters of the way through. You need it all the way to the end, like Baggett did. Look at, look at what he did when he won in Glendale. It was the last few laps that he took off. Right. Because he had the power available to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, yeah, again, not something that technically I think about necessarily, that the coolant, your, you know, those little things could change the performance of the bike in the final moment. So, yeah, I mean, everything has to be, everything on those bikes has to be perfect just about. So the, the perfect fluids, the perfect oil, all that, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all a combination of things. It's not one thing. Anybody who thinks it's one singular thing is out of their mind. Right. We, we've always tried to get racers and even street riders to understand that the biggest thing you want to look for isn't necessarily lower temperatures. It's that it's more stable. And the only thing is a more consistent temperature, which allows your engine to maintain a more consistent power delivery. That's what's important. If you go out on a street bike and you ride around all day, late in the day, that throttle response, that kick in your butt, 
that feeling is going to fade out. It's not going to be as strong as first thing in the morning. If our product can help maintain that throughout the day, that's what you're looking for. Same thing for autocross. Yeah. Or even cross country, you know, works racing or GMCC. Well, I mean, yeah, was, you, you know what you're talking about, and that all, everything you're saying makes perfect sense, which I don't know why I haven't really considered that when it comes to you know coolant in the past. For some reason, I just sort of always overlook coolant as being that important, you know, the, the proper kind of a coolant. I, I'll just use whatever I have in the past. Yeah, that's a common thing, and that, that's part of what we try to do is educate people. And I've had people call up and talk about my product with them and realize, Maybe our product isn't what they're really looking for, and there might be something else. Mm. Just because just because we make a really great product, that doesn't mean it's exactly what everyone needs. Right. Somebody might need something different, whether you know they need something that never boils over forever and ever because you're running, you know, uh, let's just call them mining equipment or something like that. Maybe our product isn't the right application. I have no problem telling somebody about another product that may work for their application or another way to fix their problem. People call us up all the time, call me up and say, I'm having this problem or that problem. Do you have any ideas? So yeah. I'll go through the whole system with the, the phone and come up with ideas to help them. I'm here, we're, I'm here for more than just to sell a product. I'm here to help you solve a problem. Oh, man, that's I like that. Hey, so tell me a little bit about your history in motorsports. I mean, you ride, I'm sure. You've raced throughout your life, I would assume. Uh, what's your background in motocross? Uh, gosh. Well, I don't race presently, but I did race for a number of years. I started back in the mid-70s. Okay. My brother raced uh, before that. He was early 70s. So he started back on a, well, a TM-125 was his first race. Actually, I'll tell you, it was my uncle's one actually uh and he raced for a number of years i'd go out and flag this is when i was about 10 years old or whatever <laughs> um 54 now uh and i'd flag flag races all over florida and then uh, i started racing when i turned 12 i raced for about uh, six seven years uh and then school got in the way girls drugs all that fun stuff right. <laughs> i understand and uh uh weed just to see kids listening it's weed that's all i'm talking about <laughs> uh, i assumed uh, uh, and, you know, I've been around it, though, even after I stopped racing. I would flag at events. Um, we were always around it. My father and my uncle wrote for the local motorcycle newspaper in Florida called County Wheels News. Uh, and then, actually, I would write sometimes, and my brother would write sometimes. And we always did photography for it. Even oh, cool. did um, events for the when we had the St. Pete uh, Predator National. Here in Florida, we would get press passes and go to that event and write for the paper. And we would do it for the uh, Winter Am Series. That's when the factory teams would come to Florida before, and this is years back, but all the factory teams would come to Florida and race the Winter Am Series. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's what they did during the offseason. And so we would go to those events and uh, race on Saturday. The pros would race on Sunday, and we would write columns for the paper. And so I've been around with all, you know, throughout my life. and And... It just never went away. That's really cool. I mean, I'm. It's hard to yeah. You know, once it's in your blood, it doesn't really go away. Very few people step away from it. You know, once a racer, always a racer. Yeah. Even if you stop racing, even if you quit racing, you're still going to drive your car like a racer. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I tell all my my yeah. I tell my kids and my fiance like everything is a competition. Everything is a race. Eating, getting to the grocery store, getting out of the grocery store, filling up your gas tank, whatever. It's a race. Absolutely. How many times have you sat at a stoplight and pretended there was a clutch and was a gate? Oh yeah, for sure. Everybody does it every day. Everybody, everybody who's ever raced does that. Yeah. You know, you sit there and you have your hand on the steering wheel. You're watching the light. As soon as it turns green, you let your hand out like it's a clutch. Yep. Everybody yeah. <laughs> Very true. Now, it's a good way to keep your reaction, you know, keeps your reaction tight, though. Definitely. That's awesome. Hey, before I let you go, I want to talk. you got a couple other products, too, that Scott gave me some samples of. You have the Plastic Shine aerosol and the uh, Helmet Renew. Uh, air, it fresh, you know, makes your helmet smell good, kind of deodorizes. Um, what made you get into those those couple of products? Well, they've actually been around for a while. We acquired it from another company, a friend of mine. Uh, it wasn't being uh, pushed as hard as I thought it could be, and I, I believed in the product. 
Um, but like I said, they've been around for a while, and we just took them over. But I took them over because I knew they were good, and yeah. I truly believe in them. I wouldn't take on anything I didn't believe in. Injurice is something that, yeah, I, you know, I created, we started there, and that's one thing, but I wouldn't take on another product unless I believed in it. Sure. And the thing with the helmet renew is you got to keep in mind, it's not something that just deodorizes. And what it does is, is basically it's a foaming cleanser. You spray it inside your helmet liner, but you can also use it in knee braces, wrist braces, anything you can't throw in the washing machine, even hockey equipment, football equipment, anything you cannot put in the washer. But it's a foaming cleanser, and what it does is it lifts up the dirt, germs, bacteria, and everything that makes your helmet smell, mm -hmm. and then you just wipe it out with a towel. It's kind of like that old Woolite carpet cleaner, if you remember that. You spray oh, yeah. it in the carpet, yeah, and it lifted everything up, and then mom would vacuum it up. It's the same idea. You're just wiping out with a towel. Right. And that's why I love it, because it does leave everything smelling fresh, clean, and new. Yeah, it smells good. I just, I used it this weekend. I, uh, I rode all day Saturday and then raced all day Sunday and uh, had two, two helmets and my, like you say, my wrist braces, my knee braces. And yeah, I sprayed everything down and yeah, I love it. It's a great product. It works fantastic. And then the plastic shine is a silicone shell finish. What it does is you can spray anything, paint, chrome, plastic, whatever you want, even the most weather-beaten plastic. And it dries to a hard shell finish. So you can spray it on and wipe it off, or you can just spray it on, leave it, whatever you want to do. But it does dry, and it doesn't leave the fingerprinty mess that you get with some of the other products. We did a show last week out in Texas, um, and we actually took the trash can that they gave us, the plastic trash can, and treated half of the trash can with it, and that's what we're using as a demo product. Oh, it was cool. a rubber-made trash can that they gave us. So it wasn't a stunt trash can or anything like that. It was their trash can. Right. So, one side looked like brand new, and the other side looked like its normal beat-up self. That's and that was a perfect example. Y yeah, you guys were at the yeah. uh, the Tucker Rocky show. Was that in Dallas? That's exactly. Yeah, it's Tucker now. They they dropped the Rocky. Oh, show. okay, so, okay. Yeah, I was in, I was in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we did that. We did that last week. Uh, it was a good show. It was at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Yep. Fort Worth, a beautiful downtown area. It was really neat walking around down there. All the Art Deco buildings and stuff. It was really surprising, all the Art Deco. So. Yeah, it was I almost, really cool. I almost came over to that. I live two hours east of Dallas, but I, like I said, I ended up racing somewhere else, so I didn't come over. But but I've got a lot of buddies that were there. My buddy Shan Garcia owns Shock Socks. I know he yeah. was uh, he was over there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know, I know him. Oh, great. But, yeah, uh, so there was, there was a lot of, of – it was a very busy show. But, yeah, you had Paul Parabinos from uh, Pro Tape yep. there, Dan Sermon of uh, Get. and Get was there. And, I mean, everybody was there. And then all those racer guys, they all flew out either Friday afternoon or Saturday morning to Oakland. As a matter of fact, Paul Parabinos, uh, he actually – he's also working as Dean Wilson's mechanic Oh yeah, uh, right now. So he, he did the show, closed it up Friday night, put everything away, then went to the dinner afterwards, and then got up super early Saturday morning to fly to Oakland to be Dean Wilson's mechanic at the race there. Yeah, Paul's a pretty rad guy. He probably raced Sunday, too. Probably. Yeah, he, I've known Paul since he was on uh, 85, actually on 65. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, Paul, Paul used to live down here. Paul's parents lived down here in Florida. Okay. That's where he's from. He's from Florida. Right. He's out from California. Yeah. It, it definitely is a small world and a small industry. But, um, hey, I appreciate you coming on here, and I appreciate you giving me a sample of your product, and I, I promise you that I'm a, I'm going to be a lifelong engine ice guy now. Hey, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you like the product. I'm glad you like all of our products. And, you know, everybody out there now, yeah, engine ice is available any local dealership in the United States. Right. All you've got to do is go in, if they don't have it, they can get it from any one of the major distributors. It's At this point, it's almost harder to find distributors that don't get <laughs> I believe that. Now. So, anybody can get their engine ice, it's not a problem. Always remember this. When it comes to your local dealer, it's their job to get what you want, not tell you what they want to sell you. Exactly. Good. That's good advice. Well, Dave, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll get to meet you at one. Of, are, are you going to make any more of the Supercrosses? Uh, we'll be at Dallas. We'll be, we'll, so we'll probably see you there. Yep. And I both will be at the Dallas okay. Supercross. Uh, and then this week, we actually have to go back to Anaheim. We just got back from there from the race. I was at 82. Uh, we have a motor van and MPA show this week. 
then Dallas Supercross, Atlanta Supercross, Daytona Supercross. Okay. It's a busy well, time of year. I will definitely see you at Dallas, and I'll have to hit you up and say hi. Great. Look forward to it. All right, Dave, you have a good evening. Thank you so much. Sure. Take care. All right. See you later. All right. Dave Kimmy with Engine Ice. Yeah, guys, if you haven't used it and you try it, like I said, I, um, you know, I've never really paid much attention to what kind of antifreeze I use. I would just grab whatever antifreeze was on the shelf at Walmart or auto parts store. But I mean, first of all, Engine Ice is a moto company. Um, so we should support them anyway. And it seems to be the best product on the market. It, it's amazing. It works really well. So check them out, Engine Ice, engineice.com. Hit up your local dealers. And, uh, yeah, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with our next guest, Larry Hughes. All right, next on the line, we have uh, Houston motocross legend Larry Hughes, formerly with Alta. Uh, now he's working with Troy Lee, and he's a fan- works for Fanatic uh, Electronic Mountain Bikes, Moto Nation, CD, all kinds of stuff going on with you right now, Larry. Tell us what's going on. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, appreciate what you guys do. So, yeah, um, as you said, I was with Alta for the last uh, year and a half as a regional sales manager. Loved my job. It was an uh, absolute dream dream job. Loved the product. Loved the company. And, unfortunately, um, Alta ceased operations in October. And uh, so I was really holding out after they, they shut down and made the official word and let everybody go that there was going to be a restart. Uh, several investors contacted me and and i put them in 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 touch with the uh with some of the co-founders and looks like there was some traction going on there and uh so i was really holding out for a a possible restart you know and sure i was getting offers at the same time you know from other companies and troy lee was talking to me right away um the regional manager for troy lee is a good friend of mine just uh, in houston richard hart and um and uh you know i wasn't ready to make that jump yet because i was really holding off and then got a little bit of uh, information about six weeks ago that looks like really looks like there's not going to be a restart at Alta. That's oh, wow. not official. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but just from what I heard, it looks like there's not going to be a restart. So I was, I was at that point, I was like, well, I think it's time to uh, update my LinkedIn and I talk <laughs> to Troy Lee some more. And, and the cool thing about being on board with Troy Lee, you know, I, I'm, I'm heavily invested in the motocross uh, industry uh, since my whole life, pretty much. Right. And, um, as a kid growing up and, and from mini bike championships to uh, all the different things I've done. And then uh, Troy Lee is a very moto culture company. And, and I got into mountain biking a couple of years ago and uh, I really have, have loved doing that. And the thing with Troy Lee that was so appealing, they offered me both the bicycle side and the moto side. So I'm calling on bicycle dealers and motorcycle dealers for the whole state of Texas. Wow. And uh, got a few other uh, brands underneath my umbrella but Troy Lee is definitely uh, my main focus there, and, and it's, it's a really cool company to be with, and uh, they've really got some exciting stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, Troy's always got cool stuff going on. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm sponsored by Fly. The show's sponsored by Fly, but, man, TLD has great product, always has. Um, I mean, geez, the, the helmet painting stuff he's done in the, forever is just top-notch. I mean, there's no, nothing you can say negative about that company. Yeah, there is a really, speaking of that, Troy's got a brand new Malcolm Smith tribute helmet that is just killer. And uh, it, it's going to be out later this year. I've got samples I'm showing dealers now. They're really nice. ordering a bunch of them. And uh, really cool. It's, it's got Troy's fingerprints all over it. <laughs> so uh, real cool to be a part of that. Um, I'm heading out to Corona uh, later next month for some official training and stuff. But hitting the ground running, seeing dealers. and. Good. uh I, I have got my first rider signed up. Uh, I got Curran Thurman uh, wearing the gear. I've been helping Curran out since back to my parts unlimited days uh, since he was on 85s. And, and uh, uh, Curran is the kind of rider that he doesn't ask anybody for anything. He just loves riding his dirt bike. And the guy's amazing fast. I don't know if you guys saw him at all at the Mesquite uh, Dallas Arena Cross this past weekend, but he straight up beat blake wharton i mean and it was corner speed that was the difference and we're talking arena cross there's nothing you know it's really not been going on arena cross but right yeah there is and and his corners were so amazing and that's one of the strengths and uh, of course the jumps and whoops and all that it's fine too it's good right yeah it's yeah. where it needs to be but he was consistently putting a quarter of a second to a half a second a lap on blake wow um and blake was on his tie loop honda i mean it was 
he was on point too. Blake was there, so yeah, uh, really cool to have have Curran underneath the uh, or wearing the Troy League gear now. Yeah, I was going to bring up Curran here in a little bit, but since we're talking about him now, that that was at the uh, the Nitro Arena Cross at Mesquite. We've had yep. uh, we've had those guys on a few times. Um, I wasn't able to get over there because I was actually racing at Johnsonville. Um, right. But yeah, you know we kind of texted a little bit about Curran. I don't, I've never met the guy. Really. The only thing I know about him is the drama that happened at Swan, um, yeah. which we kind of talked about. So, you know, Curran, tell, tell us what you know about this situation. For those who are listening that may remember, um, he and John short kind of got into it a little bit. I think, I think it was John. No, it was Ryder Floyd. Um, yeah. Ryder Floyd. Uh, the pictures look like Curran was reaching over to grab Ryder's front brake on the start. Um, so yeah, mate, what, what do you know about that situation? Yeah, I saw all those pictures when it happened and, and, and I've known Kern for a long time and he is one of the most humble kids. I think kid, he's 23 years old, humble guys that you will know and, and has no kind of animosity towards anybody or would wish any harm or try to take out anybody. And he, now he can be aggressive when it comes to coming into a turn and needs to move you out of the way. I have seen him do that, right? Right. But, nothing uncalled for and in fact what's so funny i'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit to come back um i think the first podium on friday night kern got first and i think uh rider got second and it was so funny on the podium rider was reaching trying to reach kern's shoulder to tap him to say hey congratulations and it was kind of funny he was reaching you know, oh, like, yeah. like what, what kern was uh accused of doing the rider on the track, you know, trying to reach and get his front brake. Right. Here's the thing with Kern. I, I called Kern after that happened at the room. What, what was the deal? And Kern doesn't talk much either. He's a real quiet guy. He, he's kind of like this, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. Kind of Explain what's going on. He's one of those real quiet guys, right? And he and I've seen him do this before. And I'm going to back up a little bit. So I've seen him do some training drills where he will be going through a rut and he'll take his left hand off the handlebar and put it on the gas cap. It's a training drill. I've seen Colin Edwards do that drill at his boot camp, and it's it's a drill that that gets you to focus more on holding the bike tight with your knees because you only have one hand on the on the handlebar, your throttle hand, the right hand. And hmm. what he's gotten used to doing, Curran, if you watch him ride, I've watched him ride for years. He does what we would call arm swag. He will reach out to kind of stretch his arm out. If you guys remember a few years, Ricky Carmichael. And a lot of them started when they were jumping. They would grab the 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 the, the, the uh, what do you call it the chin bar of their helmet, you know, just in midair. And this sure. kind of yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's just kind of an arm swag thing. Bogle has the leg swag thing where he kind of <laughs> he'll get the whole shot and he'll throw the leg out, you know. And it's just kind of one of those comfort things. And that's really 100% all Kern was doing. He was not reaching for his brake lever. It was just one of those things that just kind of came out. And I know it looked like that. But I'm telling you guys, I know him well. I've helped him out for years. He's a straight-up good guy. Mm-hmm. He, he is. He really is. And that's that's really what that. And I know it got – it looked it looked bad. I, I totally agree. It looked bad. But the intent was not there. Well, that's good to hear. Like I said, it's hard. You know, I, I know Ryder pretty well, and I don't know Curran at all. So, I, I mean, I was a little bit – I was a little hot when I saw the pictures. You know, uh, I didn't blast the kid because sure. I don't know the story, but – um, I definitely asked Ryder his opinion and he kind of just, he blew it off. You know, he, he didn't really get into it, but that's good to know, man. And is Curran planning on riding some East coast supercross? Well, he doesn't have enough points yet. You okay. Know, he's, uh, he's going to do some supercross futures. Oh, he's nice. Do three of them. From what I understand, and I haven't looked this up, but from Curran, you've got to get two top fives or three top tens and, and that'll qualify you in. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, and then uh, he's he's done one outdoor national last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, excuse me, it was seventeen. He's done, he went to Colorado. He was a college student at that time. He qualified twentieth in the four fifty class. Oh, cool. Okay. And then never been there, stock bike. Yeah. And qualified twentieth, and finished about there too in his motos. But uh, he really could use some support, and um, I, I'm kind of trying to reach out to some companies to, to get him. Mun, Mun Racing is is definitely under his wing, and he's well, he's under Mun's rig and, and they're helping him out a little bit but okay. he really has nothing other than the troy league gear that i'm helping him out with too uh, okay well, well yeah well uh, if anybody's out there that can help him and maybe we can reach out to some people that maybe can give him a little support um all right so when we were texting you know you were also mentioning besides troy lee you're you're doing something with fantic um the e-bike the e-mountain bike tell me a little bit about yep. that 
Yeah, so Fantig is an Italian motorcycle manufacturer that's been making uh, Italian trials bikes and two-stroke Enduros since the 60s. And uh, uh, pretty pretty real high-end machines. They've won some championships and some Enduro championships and some trials championships. They've been making an electric mountain bike for about the last four years now. I bought one for my wife a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, she loves it. it. We call it her cheater bike. And what an electric mountain bike does is it's pedal-assisted. So when you pedal, it gives you a little more power than what you're you're doing with your pedaling. It's got it's very similar to an also where there's three different modes. Yep. Uh, one, two, and three. One's the lightest amount of assist. Three is the maximum amount of assist. And I came up with a new term. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and I've checked this with all the bicycle guys, and they said they'd never heard it before, because when you're when you're riding this thing in tight trails, you don't want to be in max pedal assist. You don't want to be in three, because if you do, you could easily whiskey pedal and <laughs> in the brush. <laughs> and they said they never heard that, and I'm like, that could be a term. That's a bicycle term, whiskey throttle. You know, um, yeah. uh, whiskey pedal, right? Like whiskey throttle. So, yeah, uh, I rode an electric mountain bike at the Pro Challenge two years ago, and I do not remember what brand. There was a a rep out there with a brand, but I rode one around the pits, and yeah, that that was right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I know it. It extends the life of. Uh, well, I tell you, speaking of Troy Lee, that's all Troy rides in, in SoCal. Okay, he rides an e mountain bike all the time, and it it just allows somebody like him, an older guy, me, you know, I'm that age too. I mean, I ride a regular pedal pedal bike as well, but this just I mean, if you've got any kind of climbs or any kind of uh, inclines that you're really doing, like I was in Austin this weekend. I rode with Tyler Livesey. Tyler rode it. He rode it. He loved it. He's a pro mountain biker now, and uh, he's he's all in with that stuff. And he absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, it's just something that can extend your lifetime. Yeah, not lifetime, but your ride time on it, and uh, and just you know, if you want to go no pedals, you can go no pedals or no assist on. Excuse me, and where you're all pedaling. So you don't have to have it. Unlike the Alta, if you run out of battery in the Alta, you're done. you got to push that thing back. Right. You're done. Exactly. Yes. This has got about a 100-mile range, and if at any point you if you have a battery issue or something, you can just pedal it back. Okay. Well, if somebody was interested in the Fantic and, and contacting you, um, what sure. would be the best way to do that? Yeah, for me, uh, the easiest way to contact me is, uh, is call or email. Uh, my phone number is really easy. I don't know the phone number. We'll do... Email address lhughes11162 at gmail.com. Uh, my motor, I mean, excuse me, my website has all my information, contact information on that. That's probably easier to remember. It's houstonmotorcrosslessons.com, houstonmotorcrosslessons.com. That's another side thing that I do, but all my contact info is on there. Yeah, I remember we talked about that last time. How is that going? Good, good. You know, I mean, it was in between my Alta, when Alta ceased and when I started with uh, Troy Lee uh, a few weeks ago, I was doing a lot of lessons, right? And I okay. was really supplementing and yeah. doing that and doing camps. I did a freestone camp. I've got another freestone camp coming up next weekend. It's full. Um, that camp is three trainers, and I don't know if the other two trainers are, are full or not, but Sean Hackley will be there and uh, Taylor Painter. So me, oh, nice. I'll have a group. Taylor Painter will have a group. And Hackley, the Disney kid, will have a group. Yeah, <laughs> the Disney kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all great Texas riders, great personalities. That's cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, so there's some other things that you mentioned. Well, I want to get back to Alta for a minute. Um, sure. First of all, I was beyond surprised when that all went down. I uh, I texted Mark and uh, Phoenix. I always forget how to say his last name. Phoenixstein. Yeah, and yep. uh, you know he he was gonna try to get back with me when he could talk about it, and I I kind of followed up for about three or four weeks, and you know he just couldn't talk about it, so I never really right. never really got to get into it. But I mean, I guess I don't know what you can talk about, but it was it just they run out of funding. Um, I mean, what do you know? What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, I've got a little information that I can share. Uh, yeah, they ran out of money. You okay. know, basically it. Uh, there was a, a good group of investors, uh, board of investors that was on board, um, you know, real enthusiast guys. Uh, an angel investor was Ian Gray that, that used to own Cycle Ranch a few years ago. You know, he was, a, he was the one that told me about the opening, you know, a couple of years ago and got me to call them. And um, I don't regret it at all, mm-hmm. at all. But I will tell you this. Here's what happened. I mean, to, to run a company as high level as that, as high tech as that, takes a lot of money and you're just selling a dirt bike 
you know, to try to recoup that money back. Sales were good. The people that rode the bikes and owned the bikes loved them. Oh, yeah. In fact, right, right now you can't find one. I think all the dealers are pretty much sold out of them because as soon as word got out, the people that have them started buying multiple ones because they, they, they wanted to make sure they had spare parts and sure. everything in case there wasn't a restart. So with me, I thought there was going to be a restart. Like I said earlier, I had several investors contact me. I put them in contact with Mark. Mark texts me and says, man, we've got some traction. It looks promising. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, I don't know what happened. Just didn't work uh, out. I, yeah, it didn't work out. So, um, I, I'm doubtful now of a restart, but you know, hopefully if it happens, that'd be awesome. Um, we'll just have to wait and see yeah. there's no official word at this time. Well, the last time we had Mark on was right before the, right about the time the Harley thing was going down and then that kind of fell apart. And I, I never really heard what happened there either, but um, yeah, I thought that was going to be really good for Alta to have such a major company behind it. From what I understand with the Harley deal, and this is a version that I've heard, uh, there was a signed contract done deal with Harley. There was there was some uh, money exchanged. Alta was going to build two electric cruisers for them, and then from what I understand, this I don't know if this is completely true, but Harley wanted to renegotiate the contract. They wanted Alta to, to bring their electric technology to Milwaukee mm. and let them build the bikes. And Alta was, was not interested in, in, in giving up the secret sauce at that point. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I can understand and, that. And then there was another manufacturer that came in after that, a very reputable, known, pretty big company. And they were, you know, rumored to be in line to do a hundred percent acquisition of the company of Alta. Oh wow. And we were all we were all pretty excited about that. And then a couple of days before closing, uh, that deal fell through. They they took the offer off the table. Wow. And and that that was kind of the end. And that's when I said, you know, I it better start updating my LinkedIn and, <laughs> and, and you know, start looking at my options here. But yeah. about a month later they, they shut down and they, they did it while there was still some money in the bank and they could all offer us a little bit of severance pay uh, it, it was an awesome company to work for. Amazing people, amazing product. Yeah, it seemed like it. The, like talking to Mark, that he was a great guy, and then you know meeting you down at uh, Three Palms, and you let me take some laps on one. And yep. I mean, I would have certainly bought one had I been, had the budget at the time because they were. Uh, it's an amazing product, and I, I still think there's a future for the, the E motocross bike. No doubt. I mean, no doubt. Look at what Husqvarna KTM is doing. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's going to open the door. Think about the the dads that can now buy a bike and not have to worry about all that maintenance and everything, and even have a backyard track for his kid to ride in. You know, and so it's convenient to be a dirt bike rider. Uh, you know, and uh, I think that's going to open a lot of doors. And then you'll just see, um, hopefully, KTM and, and other manufacturers uh, continue down that route because it, it it's a great product and it's going to help our sport. It's going to make it more accessible to more people. Oh, for sure. Um, so let's talk about the, uh, you're also, you have a role with the uh, Texas FCA motocross. Um, y- yeah. you have a, you have a lot of hats that you're wearing. <laughs> tell me about, <laughs> yeah. tell me about this. Well, and, and you know, they're all, they have the one thing that the hat all have in common is moto, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of my circle, my space, but with the uh, Texas FCA, that's uh, FCA stands for fellowship of Christian athletes. It's a mm-hmm. big worldwide organization based out of, uh, Kansas city. And um, I was on the board of directors for Texas FCA for five years. Scott Willingham is the director. And then uh, they asked me a couple of years ago if I would be interested in coming on board as a staff member as the Texas, as the Houston area director. And uh, I told them, yeah. And so basically what I'm in charge of is, is helping with the camps. We do two camps a year, one at Oak Hill and one at, uh, one at in, in Houston this year, be down at Freedom. Camps are amazing. We bring in the best trainers uh, we've had john short we've had andrew short we've had Curran, we've had uh jacob blumfield we've had uh you know the list just goes on and on and on we usually have about eight or nine uh, you know really good instructors and trainers and they'll be set up with uh in different sections of the track where riders will be grouped in in their skill level and their uh experience level and they'll spend about 30 or 45 minutes with a with a trainer in a section of the track and then when they're done, they go to the next section of the track. So you might work with Andrew Short on start. Imagine that, you know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> and and then uh, and then you go work with uh, Van Martin with uh, you know a, a rut. And then after that, you might work with uh, John Short on uh, on a table or something like that, you know. And uh, a great experience for riders. Uh, 
really good training on the track and great fellowship off the track. So that's one of my things I do. I help. I'm the lead instructor for those camps and help coordinate those things. And then I also help in the Houston area. Uh, and I've done them at Three Stone too. I do. I help set up uh, chapel services in the morning before races. And then we have a weekly Bible study group that's the same curriculum all around town or all around the state, excuse me, mm-hmm. where it's on Wednesday nights usually. I think they, I think uh, Tuesday nights at uh, at Village Creek and then Wednesdays at ADV in Austin. Okay. And Wednesdays at Three Palms and it's a, a same group, meets at the same time. And so if you're if you're practicing at one, one of those tracks, you can get Bible study for 15 or 20 minutes with one of the FCA guys and we have a group of volunteers that kind of helps out. And that's March through... November, I think, is what we do. That's so we're about to get started for that, and that's kind of what we do. And we just want to do trackside support, be there to, to talk to people if they they want to come out, come over and, and discuss anything uh, biblically or just what's going on in life. When they want prayer or water, whatever, we're just there to, to support them. Well, yeah, that's that's really cool. I, you know, I, I've heard, I've seen, uh, you know, like John post about that stuff, but I didn't really know exactly how it all worked worked and. Um, that it was a statewide thing, and that's that's very cool. Um, all the guys you mentioned, Van Martin, John Short, great guys. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really cool. I, like I said, I, I'd I'd love to get involved with that at some point. Maybe come try, check one of those out. Excellent. No, you'd you'd love it. It's a it's a good four day workout. You'll be uh you'll go through about I don't know twenty twenty gallons of gas or something like that. Four <laughs> days of what an average guy does or something like wow. that. Wow, yeah, get a lot of riding time. That's a lot for uh, somebody that's 43 and out of shape like myself. <laughs> well, hey, so I heard that. talking yeah. about that, the fellowship and, um, you know, you should have having a place where people can come talk about life and issues. And, uh, you know, in life, we have curveballs thrown at us sometimes. Sometimes there's positives, sometimes there's negatives. Um, your son, 17-year-old son, Ethan, um, you know, was just recently diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, you told me he's in remission. But he also, you know, this last year, uh, he, he won a couple of the motos at the regional. So, I mean, he's still trying to moto down. Um, how, how has that affected him? How are his spirits? You know, how's the family handling it? Uh, you know, what does moto mean to him? Tell us a little bit about Ethan's story. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. So, uh, sorry. That's okay. Um, if we, we can stop if you need to. <laughs> no, it's good really good i just really appreciate it <laughs> um anyway i love that guy he's amazing um so 16 years old and he's got an older brother and older sister that have both been to loretta's and his dream was to be there too and i mean he's a public school guy played football for four years he's just not an all moto in guy right he's yeah a good rider um in fact my my son Jarrett that went to Loretta's. I mean, he got fifth at his regional and made it in in 2005. My daughter Kendra got fifth at her regional and got in in 2005. Me as the old man, I got in in 2017 with a fifth <laughs> at the regional. Right, so yeah. Ethan was supposed to get fifth, right? Right. Uh, he almost qualified in 2017, and um, my freestone didn't quite make it. But he was the guy in 2018 in the C class. Uh, won a moto by 14 seconds at the Three Palms regional. Won another, another moto by five seconds, had the fastest lap time in his in his class. I mean, I didn't expect that, right? I mean, I expected him to be in the, you know, I go, look, you're going there to qualify, not yeah. to win. Don't worry about it. We just want to be in the top six, right? And then to pull that stuff, none of my kids had ever won a moto. It was pretty <laughs> phenomenal. And um, uh, unfortunately, he didn't qualify. He had problems in the rest of his motos, uh, some of them his own affliction, yeah. some of them, you know, things, racing things that happened. He did not qualify, believe it or not, with, with those statistics I just gave you. You know, a couple of big moto wins and uh, that's a flat time in his track, in his class. Um, he was pretty devastated by it, but you know what? He was he was diagnosed. He would have, the week of Loretta's, he was not feeling good. He was sick. And we had found out the next week that he was diagnosed with leukemia. So had he gone to Loretta's, it, it wouldn't have been good. He would have been low on energy. Yeah. It would have been dangerous. I don't know what, you know, it, you know, I would have, we would have been expecting, he would have been expecting to, you know, if you win a regional by 14 seconds, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to be one of the favorites at, at the national, right? Sure. You're be one of those, you're going to be a top 10 guy, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it could have been bad. So I don't know. I'm not saying that it was a divine that he didn't qualify, but uh, I'm just know that it would have been difficult because he was, he was sick for about three weeks before we got diagnosed what it was. So, uh, we finally got the diagnosis 
um, at Texas Children's Hospital in, in Houston, and and I got to tell you, the kid's doing amazing. His his faith in God is rock solid. He's not angry. He's not mad. Um, he's he's living life. You know, uh, he's doing pretty good. Um, it's a three and a half treatment, a three and a half year treatment program that he's in the in the middle of the first nine months, which is the most intense. And he's has mo- more good days than he has bad days. In fact, we have a ping pong table, ping pong table in our living room, and and uh, he beats us regularly. In fact, my wife beat him the other day for the first time in like ten games, <laughs> and you would have thought that the Houston Texans won the Super Bowl. She was celebrating so much. That's awesome. <laughs> and Ethan's like, you just beat your cancer patient patient son, you know? She goes, that's okay. You beat me in the last ten games, but uh, you know he's he's consistently beating us there, and and uh, and he's just uh, he's doing really. Now, so we're just continuing to keep our faith and and uh, and use this as a platform to let people know that there are greater things than moto, right? Oh, absolutely. And 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 letting people know that that uh, that that faith in God is, is the strongest thing and the best thing they can have in their life. And 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 we're looking forward to him getting back on the bikes again. You know, I sold his two bikes and uh, just sold the trailer. I mean, this stuff's hard. You know, it's hard on Dad to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but uh, we're we're moving on to the next step, and he he. I go, and it's funny. This is the funny part. So one of the riders that I've, I've worked with last year was, was in the eighty-five beginner class. He got really fast, really quick. As you've seen those kids do that sometimes. And Ethan worked him a little bit too, and got him to dial in his starts. And I go, Ethan, do you realize that Andrew Kahn, when you come back in three years, you're, you'll still be a C rider. He's still qualified. He's still listed as a C rider. Andrew will probably be in the B class when you come back in three years. It's like, no way, Dad. Yeah. No way. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> you know take long. Is, right? yeah. 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 It happens fast. Yeah. Well, he's looking forward to coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, his spirits are high. You know, it, it could be something that easily brings a person down and leads to depression and, you know, woe is me. But it sounds like with your faith and your personality and the support of a strong family, it sounds like the kid's doing well, and he's going to kick kick this thing's butt and be back strong. Absolutely, yeah, we we believe that, and all the glory to God. And, and um, we're just looking looking uh, looking for the next day. It's day by day at this point, and he really is doing good, all things considered. He really is awesome. Well, if any of our listeners, if you guys want to contact Larry about any of the things he talked about tonight, lessons. Um, the Fantic, anything like that, HoustonMotocrossLessons.com or LHughes1162 at Gmail, and I'll post this on our social media. Larry, thank you for taking some time with us tonight. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. You guys do an awesome job. Keep up the good work, okay? All right, appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you soon. All right, thank you. All right, see you, bud. All right, that's Larry Hughes. Uh, very touching moment there. Uh, appreciate him coming on and sharing that with us. You know, uh, you know, we always have our days where we're like, oh, man, life sucks today or my job sucks today or whatever, um, you know, and then you see, hear stories about, you know, like Ethan and he handed kids in positive spirits and kicking ass and, um, you know, we just got to be thankful for those things and live life every day to its fullest and the people that love the sport of motocross, I think that's how most of us try to live anyway. I mean, if, you're, you, if you love moto, it, you know, most days are good days. Um, all right, so we're going to take a break, and I'm thinking, uh, hopefully I'll have John Short on here in a few minutes, and we'll be back. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. 
and tell her Moto X Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear Fly, you wear Fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. All right, we are back with our next guest of the night, uh, Texas Privateer. Been on the show numerous times. Brought to you by Fly Racing, John Short. What's up, John? Oh, not a whole lot. Just doing some mechanic work this evening. Uh finishing up some last last minute training before we go racing yeah we're about uh i guess uh well two weeks really two weeks out right after san diego yeah next 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 weekend i'll leave out thursday and uh head up to minneapolis where it's way too cold from what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah definitely i mean we think it's cold here I, can, I don't even know what it is up there i wouldn't want to look there's negative numbers oh so that's not good no no that's not um well, let's uh, let's talk about your offseason, man. Look, last year, 10th place in 250 East. Killer, killer year for you. Um, so how has the offseason gone, and what have you been working on the most? Uh, I've honestly just been continuing to race. I did 
really, I mean, I took a little time off, but I mean, every month I was racing, you know, at least two times, I'd say. I went to Germany, did the German series, and uh, straight race, 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 race as much as I can. I feel like that's the best way to get better, so. I agree. Uh, just racing and work, working on uh, just, just short, short, short races, you know, the intensity, the gate drops, uh, just trying to be up front as soon as the gate drops. That's the goal, so. Yeah, you texted me and said you've been working on starts, and we we know that um, I've kind of given you a hard time here and there. But man, if you get your starts, I feel like you're a top ten guy every week. Uh, do you feel like you figure something out there? You feel like you're better at the starts right now? I mean, I think it just kind of kind of comes and goes. You know, I've been yeah. riding at 450 a lot this off season. And okay, I was feeling pretty good on the bike and um, transitioned over to the 250 here recently, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, everything seems to be going pretty good. We got a good group of riding uh, partners around here, you know, with Wharton and Ryder Floyd and, uh, you know, Chase Marquier. There's a group of about four or five of us. So, yeah, it's fast doing company. Starts with, doing starts with other guys and then doing sprint motos. And um, we'll see if it pays off, I guess, next weekend. But that's kind of what, what we've been doing, just racing. So when you practice starts with those guys, do you do you do them individually, or do you all like four or five of you line up and actually put some elbows up and fight for the first turn? Well, we we throw them up uh, not every time, but that, that we do we do that a lot. We do a lot of race racing uh, simulation like that where we start together. I like it. So they, you know we, we've got the we've got the new well they're not new now but the starting grates or you know pads. So yeah. Uh, pretty much, you know, if we've got two two of those, we're we're going too wide, you know. Okay. Um, so we just work with what we got. Yeah. Well, did you did you run the uh, Nitro Arena Cross at Mesquite this last weekend? No, uh, I had the flu all last week, so I'm I'm kind of uh, working myself back into trying to get healthy and be 100 percent for next weekend. Yeah, that that's probably smart. There's I'll, a a lot of that. That was the plan. Right. To go race. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to come to that, you know, and then I guess I just didn't realize what weekend it was, and I had already scheduled and rented a room up there at Johnsonville. I went and ran their little Blizzard series, and um, so I just didn't make it over. I didn't even realize it was going on until like Friday, you know, so it was too late by then. Right. But um. Right. Yeah. So, how did Germany go for you? Oh, it was it was a cool experience nonetheless going over oh I've never been to Europe, so mm-hmm. that was cool. Um you know, I had some, some rough some rough 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 weekends, a couple rough weekends, you know. I mean there were like two, three nights of racing every weekend. I'd I'd have a good night, a bad night, just kinda up and down. But the last uh weekend I was over there I ended up with a podium. So Nice. Um yeah, I mean I, I kinda figured it out. The racing over there's a lot different, but I started to kinda get the hang of it at the end of my uh into my into the little series so right now I mean, it was really cool getting to go over there and just race guys you don't normally race like greg aranda and valentine delay and super oh yeah some pretty, pretty fast guys that are just you never hear or see them because they're in europe right and like you say you know racing doing a couple races a month that that i mean there's just no training that can can mimic a race situation. You could go out to the practice track every day and be perfect and shave tents here and there, but it's just not the same as racing and, and having those other guys, you know, in the, in front of you and having to pick different lines and, uh, you know, and, and predict what the guy in front of you is going to do. There's nothing like that. Yeah. And I think, uh, the, the biggest deal with that is just like, cause it's, it, the racing is more of a mindset than anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really the, the the laps on the practice track it's uh when you get to the gate your mindset and being able to flip the switch on and, and go race so maybe be aggressive and intense definitely kind of what i noticed so I, i'm assuming you've been watching and keeping up with the west so far and yeah yeah well what do you think i mean like to me the tracks have seemed more technical than years past but that may just be my uh inex- inexpertise but um, the tracks have been some good racing. I, I feel like it's been a little tighter. Uh, hell of a points battle going on right now. Um, you, what do you think of what you've seen out west? I think it looks like they they've made a big attempt to change the style of the track. Yeah, and, and change try some different obstacles and tourists. Not just your your same Supercross track we've been watching for you know the past ten years. Um, 
I don't know. As far as the competition goes, I mean, it, there's there's just a ton of depth. So mm-hmm. the racing's been great, as you see. There's different winners every weekend. It seems like, and um, uh, the only the only thing I was kind of kind of curious was uh, was wondering when you know Anderson was going to kind of hit his stride. I know he got hurt, I guess, but yeah, broke uh, arm. I was kind of curious there. I figured he'd come out swinging. Yeah, that it's but. a weird situation with him. You know, there's a lot of theories. Uh, there, there was rumors of him being hurt even before the season started. Um, but then he looked pretty damn good at Glendale for a little bit. So I don't know if that was the case. I, I just feel like with him, there he seems a, to be a very closed off guy. Like he he kind of likes to keep to himself and his core group of friends. And with winning that championship, it came a lot of. I guess other responsibilities that he typically didn't have. And I wonder if that really affected him, the, the interviews and the spotlight being on him, if he just doesn't really cope with that well. Yeah. Man, there's, there's no telling. I've never been in that situation. So <laughs> me either. Um, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't a lack of effort. I'm sure he right. was about to start clicking off some race wins. It's just kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Well, same with all those top, you know, the top four, like Eli and Kenny and Marvin probably was the closest to winning the last couple weekends ago of the big four that are left. But God, you got to think that Eli and Kenny are going to figure it out and start coming on here soon. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool though, just just to see those guys, like there's really nothing wrong. They're just that much depth and there's that many other people that are going fast that if you don't get the whole shot, you're probably going to end up fifth, fourth, third. Right. Yeah, and as a fan, just watching, I mean, it's it's been a fantastic season, and I really hope that rolls over into the East Coast. And I think it will. I mean, there's a lot of really good guys, and, you know, and then with yourself going out there, and, and Ryder Floyd is still planning on trying to make some, right? Uh, you have to you have to bring him on and ask him. I'm not real sure what his plans are these days. Okay. Uh, I think he's still got to get his – I think he's still got to get his points. Um, but – Okay. I'm sure if he gets his point and there's some racing left to go, I'm sure you'll see him on a gate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just like he's, seeing all he's that. He's loving the Supercross thing. So. Well, I'll have to text him and get him on. But uh, are you going to be riding out of the TPJ tent TPJ tent still, or do you have something else set up? No, no. Ted's still going to haul my stuff. It'll pretty much just be a similar program to years past. Yeah. Just kind of uh, just real low-key. Well, that I mean, is that fly under the radar and that's that's kind of how i'd <laughs> rather be unless i'm winning i guess you know so. yeah so i wanted to ask like 10th place last year that's that's fantastic i mean that's hell of a good finish were there any other opportunities that came up that maybe you just decided weren't right the right fit for you or did anybody really come sniffing around there was honestly you know there was one or two that that, that uh i was really interested in and it just didn't quite work out i didn't know that it was uh you know, a, a better a better option than what I've been doing. Yeah. So I passed on those, but um, really there wasn't a whole lot of interest anywhere. You know, they're my sponsors I've got kind of up my contracts a little bit. Well, that's good. Which was which was awesome. So yeah, that's good. I mean, look, there's there's certain guys with with the names that, that have the rides already, and there's only a limited amount of spaces left. You know. Like I, I don't know what a, a cycle trader type deal looks like compared to what you're doing now, um, but like though Christina over there, she seems to help out a lot of people. And man, hopefully you know you'll come out swinging again and and get another top ten. And you know maybe uh, maybe in the next you know hopefully eventually you'll start. You won't have to have money coming out of your pocket to do this. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And. Uh... I need to make that happen here pretty soon because I'm not getting any younger. But, uh, <laughs> well, but, you know, that, I think uh, there there are some good some good programs out there. Like uh, I really think highly of the Rock River program. Those guys have always helped me out and been good to me. So yeah, um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I can I can prove prove what I can do and maybe step up my program and get get a little better opportunity for next year. But. I'm I'm pretty pumped with what we have going on this year, and I'm excited to to go race nonetheless. Absolutely. Well, tell me what your do you have any goal set for say round one, and then say for the season overall? Are are you do you have a number you're shooting for? I I, I don't I don't have like hey I want to go get second I want to get twelve mm-hmm. eight I want good starts that's 
really. Are you get start? You're going to end up where you're supposed to end up. Where 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 you were that night. You yeah. Know? If you were a fourth place guy that night and you get a good start, you're going to be a fourth place guy. You know, if if and yeah. so on. If you're if you're if you're 18th place guy, you're going to end up 18th. You know, so my my goal is just not to be that last that dude rolling around in the corner and last. Exactly. <laughs> Every weekend. So I, I want to I want some good starts and top five starts. That's kind of yeah. You know, if, what if, I'm after. if I could have anything for you, it would be, I want to see you in every main event that that would be the one goal. I mean, make the mains, you know, not, don't get a bad start in the LCQ. Hell, make it straight through the heat and go in there and, and show everybody what talent you have. Cause I know it's there. We see it, you know, yeah. on your good nights. I see it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, that's where that just you get a good start and you don't end up back there with, with falling over in the heat race, getting tangled up. Right you don't allow yourself to be in those positions for the big mistakes that keep you from showing your potential. So absolutely. That's, you know, well, I guess we'll, we'll see if, uh, if what I've been doing has been working come next weekend and the following week. But. <laughs> well, right on, man. Well, I, I, uh, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching you on TV at Minneapolis and then I'll see you in Dallas, man. And, um, you know, I know this was kind of last minute, but I appreciate you taking a few minutes and, uh, add your schedule to talk to us as usual. No, I love coming on, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, you know, everybody uh, stay tuned. I think we're going to be selling some T-shirts and yep. hats to kind of raise money for the season. So um, okay. we're getting a little late start on all that. But um, so maybe follow me on social media, John Short 63 and uh, keep up with what we got going on. Yeah, well, let us know. Uh, you know, I'll buy another shirt this year, and we'll, we'll spread the word a little bit and uh, help you out. And um, did you ever get with uh, Garrett with Privateer Life? Uh, oh, 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 oh. I, I did. Um, I didn't. I'm, I'm bad. I didn't follow up with him, but I did. I did contact with him. Yeah, contact him. Well, I think he does I more. He really does more for the nationals. But once that comes around, man, that's a big help to a lot of the privateers. Privateerlife.mx. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. You, you mentioned he networks and like it helps you find places to sleep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good contact to have. So. Definitely. Well, he he works on giving um, privateers at least like one privateer at a national their entry feedback every week, and and then sometimes some extra money too. So for uh, guys okay. like yourself, that's pretty helpful. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really cool. It's guys like that are are awesome. I appreciate all the help. Well, all right, anybody. Yeah, John. Well, uh, hey, before I let you go, uh, you want to mention your sponsors, and that way the listeners can maybe go support those guys. Yeah, I've got a great group of guys that are, you know, around here locally, North Texas, that help me out. Gainesville Sheet Metal and uh, CCR Transportation, DSC Construction, and uh, there's just uh, a, a good group of my buddies who, who have been good to me and helped me out. I'm just super thankful to go racing again this year, so appreciate it, guys. Well, cool, John, man. Hey, good luck this, uh, well, not this weekend, but next, and I will see you at Cowboy Stadium. All right, and I, actually, I, I want to give a big shout out to the McWhorter family. They've uh, they've been over backwards to help me get to the races this year. So cool, absolutely. Anyway, well, um, yeah, well, we'll see you guys at the races. Stop by the pits and uh, chat with us. We'll do, John. Thank you, buddy. All right, bye. All right, see you soon. All right, Texas Privateer John Short. Um, that's it for tonight, man. Just a little bonus show. Had some guys lined up, and I hope everybody enjoys it. And we'll be back next week with the main show. 